Well, good morning. I apologize right now for what this is going to be like over the next few minutes. I have been uh, having a real tussle this week with a chest cold, and so um, I'm, uh, I'm coughing and sputtering, and I might stop for a drink of water and a cough drop, and I didn't bring enough cough drops for everybody. I'm really sorry about that, but I intentionally stayed away from you. I waited till service got started before I came in, and uh, I'm going to slip away at the end and go get back into my bed and have some noodle soup. Yes, sir. You can ab- go for it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Sing out. That's a good spot back here. Yeah. God, we just give you praise and honor and glory for you are the healer. Um, not just of our souls, but of our bodies, Lord God. And right now we just lift up our pastor, our shepherd the one who leads us. Lord God, we lift up his immune system right now, and we just pray that you would just have your touch over it, that your Holy Spirit would just come and just anoint him today. I pray that there would be no stuttering, no um, stopping and pausing, Lord God, that nothing of his body would get in the way of what your Holy Spirit has for the congregation today. We just thank you for his diligence and his perseverance, Lord God, to come up here even when he's not feeling well, um, to give us the word and to lead us. So right now we pray that you would anoint him, anoint his speech. Lord God, let it be clear. Let it penetrate the hearts that are here today. And we just thank you for this man of God that you have put before us as a leader. Uh, So we just anoint him and we put our hands on him and we say that whatever we ask in Jesus' name, that it will be done. Where two or more are in the midst, you are in the midst. Where two or more are gathered. And so we just give it to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Way to go. Wow. That's terrific. Good idea. Hey, you're sick? Pray. (laughs) So um, today's the 29th. You know we're going to dip into Proverbs. Can't keep myself out of there. 29 verse 7, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. We've been uh, on a series. uh, This is the third in, uh, in our series about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I know God has a sense of humor because last weekend um, is, was, uh, was on the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, if you were here, you noticed that about 20, 25 minutes before service started, after having done all of the rehearsals and everything going all smoothly, um, some un- poor unfortunate soul tapped into a power pole down the street and turned our electricity off for us. So I think God chuckles when he sees us down here talking about the power of the Holy Spirit with no power. No electric power, but anyway, if you if you didn't uh, if you weren't able to get out because you didn't have power, and I know that was true all over our part of the county, especially that we did we did record the message and it's available and it's for free. It's on the website, so um, I encourage you if you haven't uh, to to get up to to where we are on the series. I really encourage you to to get on the website and listen to the message from last week if you missed it. Uh, we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit is is giving spiritual gifts to the followers of Christ and. Um, in Romans 1, verses 11 and 12, here you hear, here's Paul talking to the church, um, uh, the Christians. This was something Paul was saying to the Christians in the book of Romans. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about today, they're not weird and they're not freaky. Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says, Follow the ways of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts and then the holy spirit came in power 
At Pentecost, we see that in Acts 19, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. That's pretty wild. Don't you agree? That's pretty wild. But the word of God says, I mean, I, I see that occasionally. Some, some, somebody on TV is saying, hey, if you send a gift, we'll send you this handkerchief that somebody's, I mean, I don't know what to think about that. It seems showmanship to me. I don't want to judge that. I'm just telling you, there's a, here's a precedent, though, in the word of God where handkerchiefs that had touched Paul somehow, anyway, pretty, pretty supernatural. Then Paul arrived in Ephesus. And he found some believers who weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, when Paul placed hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Those are two of the gifts of the Spirit. And there, here's another one. Paul encountered a dead woman. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. <laughs> I would love to have anything approaching that kind of faith. Get up. He says, she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand, helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. But here you see the gifts of faith and certainly a gift of a miracle in operation there. If you are a believer, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit will equip you with gifts to minister to believers and to make a difference all over the world. You hear the phrase, the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we just blow past, but the Holy Spirit is way, way involved in the Godhead. We're going to see that in so many days. So today we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, we, we'll get to that in a couple minutes. I'm going to, I probably have told you stories before here about how my uh, daughter, who, when she was young, started having seizures and uh, was diagnosed with a form of epilepsy. And they basically said, this is a lifelong deal. And and uh, just get used to it. And uh, there was a moment, um, I remember my daughter sitting on my lap where the Lord said, pray, she's going to be healed. And I prayed over her, and we prayed together, and we knew she had been healed. And it took several years before the doctor, she never had another seizure after that moment. Not one more. And, but it took several years before the doctors who looked at their evidence and their tests said, this, she's healed of something that doesn't get healed. Um, and, but it was in that moment when I remember her sitting on my lap that I knew that I was operating in the gifts of healing, a, a, a specifically appointed and chosen time. The word says that the Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he wills. And there was a moment that I knew that I had been chosen for that moment to operate in the gift of healing in my daughter. So I, I've, I've shared that with you here before, and I've shared that before because it's a great story of faith. I was preaching, and uh, I shared that story up at Living Water one time. And, and, uh, and after service, um, a woman in the church, I mean, she hunted me down. I mean, she, she was, she was going to get to me before I got out of that building. And she had her son in tow with her, who was epileptic. And she said, you have to pray for my son. And I thought, well, anybody can pray. I, I'd absolutely be glad to pray. We should pray, and I do pray. And I pray a lot of times, and I've prayed with a lot of you about a lot of things, and I, I, I muster faith, and I believe the Lord will answer those prayers. But sometimes the gift of the Spirit comes upon. And I knew when I laid hands on that young man, <laughs> he was going to be healed too. And he was healed of epilepsy. Amazing, amazing. The gifts of the Spirit are real. But they're supernatural. I can't wrap my mind around that. 
Why, when I lay my hands on my daughter, who I desperately wanted to be whole, no less than I want you to be whole when I pray with you, why, in that moment, with the Holy Spirit, I don't know. I can't wrap my mind around that. I don't have an explanation. If I could, it would be more natural than supernatural. I just know that there are times, and I, I tell you those stories not because I don't want you all coming to me for prayer. I mean, I love to pray with you. It's fine if you come to me, but I, the, I'm not the focus here. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives the gifts as he wills, and there are good reasons for it. We're going to explore that some today. Um, a spiritual gift given by God as he wills for the building up of the body of Christ. So for, for, for the standpoint of what we're going to do here today, I want to define what, what our spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to Christians to do God's work on earth. A supernatural ability God gives the Christians to do God's work on earth. It'll make a difference first in the church and then in the world. First place right here. Um, I'm, I'm a... I'm, a, I'm kind of a study guy. I study and I get off on all kinds of rabbit trails, you know. But, uh, but I'm out there looking and I find some interesting things. And um, so I looked at one study that was talking about spiritual gifts. And here were some statistics. And I trust this particular, I trust the survey source. And uh, they, were, they were surveying self-proclaimed Christians. People who said, yes, I'm a Christian. Uh, being defined as someone who's opened their heart to the Lord. Okay, so self-proclaimed Christians. 15% of them said they do not know what their gift is. 28% say they don't have one. 20% claimed gifts that aren't actually gifts described in the word of God as spiritual, supernatural gifts. For example, they said, well, I, I sing, or I've got a sense of humor, or I've got a nice house. Okay. Those are nice gifts from God, I agree. But those, that's not the supernatural gifts, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that, as described in the Word of God. So if you add those three categories, people who said they don't know their gift, they don't have one, or they named a gift that isn't actually one of the gifts uh, described in the Word of God, that's about two-thirds. Two-thirds of self-proclaimed Christians who know that there is such a thing as gifts have not been able to accurately figure their gift out and apply it to minister to people in the kingdom. At two-thirds. I'm sure this church is different. I'm sure we're way, way, way better than that. I mean, I mean, but this is an interesting statistic to take a look at. Um, I got a friend who um, gave me a gift, and there's a whole backstory for why he gave me this gift, but one day he made a big fuss over it. And if you knew this guy, um, you'd, he, he wouldn't want you to know that I'm telling you the story, um, so I, I've got to be really cryptic about this, but... He hands me this box on his birthday. Cool. You know, I get a present on his birthday. That's great. About this big, and I go to open it up. And what it was was a really nice quality, world-class quality handgun. Now, I, I don't mean to spook you about guns. Listen, I don't have any trouble with guns. I'm... You know, I've hunted in the past, all those kind of things. But, but I have a healthy respect for a gun, and I knew instantly what this was. And uh, um, I looked at this gun, and, I, and I, there were reasons why he gave it to me. It had never been fired. It was um, a, a gun I would have never purchased. Cost too much money. It's too special. I don't have that much need for a gun like that. I mean, all of the reasons why I think guns are cool, because they make loud noises, and you can... You know, you can cut down trees with them if you're careful. I mean, 
guns are pretty cool, okay? Now, I don't mean to make fun of it, so I guess I do mean to make fun of it, but, but this gun would have never made it into my hands. And so I thought, okay, I've really got to respect this gift. So I very wisely hid it, secretly locked it up and put it away and never fired the thing. Never been fired. World-class pistol. Pretty cool gun. Locked away. This hidden and unused gun. This gift. The thing is, that's exactly what an awful lot of us do. When we've been given a gift by the Father that's world-class, and... um, the thing is that, you know, uh, for, for some reason, I look at this gift and I, th- I think sometimes we can collect things and we think, hey, if we don't touch it, if we don't use it, its value increases because of that. And in fact, the gifts of the Lord are exactly the opposite. If they're unused, they're worthless. Their value is based upon the fact that they get used. Their value is based upon the notches in their belt, so to speak, Right? And yet so many of us have done with our gifts exactly what I did with this gift from this friend of mine. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 1 through 6 says this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Drop down to verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. And now this last, verse 7, I want to read in the New Living. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. In case you were ever wondering when the Lord would choose you, if you are a believer, the Lord has already said in his word, a spiritual gift is given to each one. And that doesn't mean limited to one. But there is no believer to whom the Lord has not given some sort of spiritual gift. All Christians receive spiritual gifts, and all of those spiritual gifts are useful. And here's one more thing, one more all statement. All of hell wants you to take your gift and secret it away, hide it, and keep it unused. That's what hell wants. Not helping other people. Okay, so as we talk, start talking today about spiritual gifts, let's, let's talk about what spiritual gifts are not. Okay, let's just, just get, 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 clarify that, get a few things. First off, sk- spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Okay, you're born with certain capabilities, dancing, singing, sense of humor. Um, you get great with numbers, great with golf. I mean, there is something there that, you know, you were born with. Those are natural talents. That's not what spiritual gifts are. They're different. Spiritual gifts are something that the Lord gives to you. And, in fact, he can keep on giving them to you as long as he wants. Second thing, uh, spiritual gifts are not not given to the elite few. We read that in verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. There is no such thing as elite few when it comes to gifts. Don't you dare let the, the culture suggest to you that there are different classes of Christians and different levels of Christianity that would say only certain people can operate in certain gifts. I want to strike that right right now. Uh, number three, spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. Having a certain gift is not evidence that you are or are not as mature as somebody else around you. But sadly, our culture kind of does it. 
when I say our culture, I'm, I'm talking about our culture, church culture, not necessarily this church. And I want it not to be this church, but Christian culture wants to elevate certain spiritual gifts and say, well, um, you know, this is a sign of maturity. Um, for example, oddly enough, I think speaking in tongues is one where certain Christian cultures elevate that and say, have you, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of the speaking in tongues? When in reality, Scripture says that's the lesser of the gifts. Hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes here too much. I'm just telling you what the word says. So when there is something that, that we want to attach to maturity and value and worth based upon the exercise of some gifts, that's not heaven. That's just not heaven. It's not a sign of spiritual maturity. And that, that what I just described to you can become very, very divisive in the body of Christ. So we're going to avoid that. Um, spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, faithfulness. I left one off. Self-control. That's always the trigger finger, the self-control one. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, you'll find the list of the fruit of the Spirit. And those, those are characteristics that every Christian should be demonstrating all of those. As opposed to spiritual gifts, which... You may operate in one, but not in other ones. And you may operate in a lot of them, and you may not operate the same way the person sitting next to you. They're not the same as the fruit of the Spirit. And last uh, on this list is spiritual gifts are not something to fear. They're not odd and creepy. Although sometimes the people operating in spiritual gifts can be a little bit <laughs> odd and creepy. And just because you see somebody doing something that you don't understand... I want to caution you that you don't just write the whole thing off because you see something really weird. The Bible says that we should desire spiritual gifts. Um, you know, there's, there, there, you know, part of part of our ministry life has been that uh, when we hear things going on, we kind of like to get out and explore a little bit and just see what the Lord might be doing. And and um, and so we uh, we a couple of years ago we went to visit a church that had some buzz. And it was out of this state and in another state. And uh, so we just wanted to find out what the buzz was all about. And so we attended a church service, and it was radically different than a church service that I had been in before. In fact, I really enjoyed the worship. Um, it was a tremendous, tremendous worship service. It was, there was a lot going on. The, the worship service was at least an hour before they even opened up the Word of God, and there were people painting on the platform. There were people dancing there was people, there was a huddle of people over in a corner somewhere, and I really don't frankly know what they were doing. There was people on the ground. There was all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, there were people, it was a big, huge church, and there were people jumping over chairs um, to talk to, I mean, not like, not like calisthenics, but like somebody saw somebody they wanted to talk to. Instead of getting out, walking around the island, going to them, in the middle of worship, they got and started climbing over the tops of chairs. There were people sleeping, people talking, people worshiping, all kinds of stuff going on. And I probably enjoyed that worship service more than any worship service I'd been in in a long time, in spite of a lot of stuff that I felt like was flesh. A lot of stuff that, that was going on there was, was legitimate and genuine. And why it, was, why it moved me and why I enjoyed the worship so much was that because I had freedom for this hour to just sit if I wanted to. Um, but I also, anytime I decided to stand and worship, it was a choice I was making. And something happens when you, I love the fact, church, that you follow so well and you worship 
But something's different when you're doing it because you decide to invest yourself in worshiping the majesty of God. All of that notwithstanding, there was a lot of weird stuff going on in this church. A lot of weird stuff. And um, in fact, so much weird stuff that it was an interesting visit. I learned some things. I got enlarged by it. But if I lived in that city, I wouldn't attend the church. Why? Not because I'm judgmental about the flesh, but because some of the stuff that was going on there would cause me to say, I couldn't bring an unsaved friend to this church. They would absolutely conclude I was nuts. Because I think they're nuts. (laughs) So I went through this process of learning and keeping my heart open before the Lord, seeing some, some legitimate things go on that were supernatural. Here's the point. When you see something weird and you decide to do something with that conclusion, here's my caution to you. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Drain that dirty old water right on out. But hang on to the baby. Right it? You got me on that? Okay. So weirdness doesn't make it not real. A spiritual gift, uh, we said, is a supernatural ability given to Christians to do God's work on the earth. There are two um, passages. There's actually probably four passages in the New Testament that talk about the gifts of spirit. But two of them really dominate. And I want to take a look at those two today. So um, crack your uh, Bible open if you brought it to Romans 12. We're going to start there and in verses 6 through 8. <clears throat> so just follow along and listen, we'll, we'll read there. Starting in verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So the ability to speak on behalf of God, that's prophecy. Speak boldly. Um, and uh, you have probably, if you think about it, you have seen that happen here in the church. Sometimes it happens in a corporate setting and sometimes it happens one-on-one. It ha- it's, it's, it's not that uncommon. We believe in it and we want to do it decently in order, but it's, it's functioning here. Um, the next gift is the, the, the scripture list is every bit as spiritual as the last one. Seven, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. The idea for you of doing something to help somebody else just spins your crank, especially if they don't know you're going to do something. You just like making their life better. Um, that could be a sign that the spiritual gift of serving others is, is in your life. And go for it. If you're a teacher, teach well. Okay, you, Something about the teaching of the word of God. You see a new verse, you can't stand and keep it to yourself. You share it. Okay, that's the gift of teaching sometimes. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I, I know some people, at least a couple of ladies who, who have countertops filled all the time with little doodads and there's just all kinds of these weird little things, but over time they become these really cool greeting cards, okay? And maybe by the time the greeting card is finished, it's about 20 times as expensive as a Hallmark card. <laughs> but there's something of love being put into that, and it's creative and it's fun and off. And those kinds of people, they keep track of everybody's birthdays. They get the birthday cards out. Um, it's the gift of encouragement. We need that. Some of you, you send text messages and emails, and on your heart is to encourage somebody. That's the gift of encouragement. Do it. The, the church needs that. Keep, keep doing those kinds of things. Okay, keep going, Terry. Um, if it's giving, see, if, I go on the, if your gift is to encourage, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. You know, um, I know people who, who are very comfortable financially. I mean, very comfortable financially. And, and they do things like, they have garage sales just so they can raise money from old stuff and give it to the Lord. I mean, not that the, the Lord never intends to run the church on bake sales and 
garage sales. That's the tithe. But there's just something of generosity. And I know people in this church who live very humbly. But look for times and places that the Lord would give them to give financially. It's, it's a gift of the Lord. Give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the leadership, take the responsibility seriously. Some of you in this room have leadership, the gift of leadership, and yet you're not doing anything to lead here. You've got to start. Because there are needs. There is vision present. There are needs for leadership. Okay, so we need leaders. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That's mercy and, and kindness. So how do you know what your gifts are? You may have some sense. Um, there's a kind of a fun um, a way of testing. I don't know if this is actually a way of testing, but I've heard this story before. It's called the apple pie illustration. Maybe you've heard it. You're sitting at a table with a group of people, and uh, each of you has a piece of apple pie, and it's time to, to, to carve into it, and you're watching across the table as somebody reaches with their fork, and as they start carving in, you can see it coming. The plate is too close to the edge, and instead of just carving off a piece to bite, the thing flips over and lands upside down on their lap, pie and all. Got the scenario? What do you do? Okay, so if the first thing you're thinking is, <laughs> somebody's laughing, yes, that's the gift of, of criticism. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, um, no. Um, okay, so if the first thing you do is you're thinking, oh, I saw that coming. I wanted to warn you. Well, maybe there's something of prophecy there. Or if you're saying, um, oh, 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 let me help you clean that up. Here, here's, take my napkin. Okay, well, maybe that's the gift of serving. Or if you say, you know what? I've researched this. The proper way is you put your wrist over here and you carve down like, okay, that might be the gift of teaching. <laughs> or maybe you take your own plate and dump it on your lap <laughs> because you want them to feel better. That's the gift of encouragement. Listen, that happened to me once. It did. I'm going to digress for a minute here, but that happened to me. We were at, um, at, a, at a very nice restaurant, Lisa and I, with um, I think three or four other couples. It was a pretty big table. And sitting at the table was my pastor and uh, a guy named Jack Hayford. Do you know who Jack Hayford is? And um, um, I think in the district, I mean, there was all of these mucky mucks from the denomination and, you know, sitting there. And I happened to be sitting next to Jack Hayford, who is like, he's like Moses. He's like Billy Graham. He's, you know, <laughs> Jack Hayford. He's a really a godly man. He's an apostle in the faith. He... He's transdenominational. He's just really to be respected. And he's asking me, what books have you read? He's asking, he's asking me questions. I'm sure it was just really generous on his part. And, um, but I, I felt like, okay, wow, what an opportunity. I'm here, I'm talking to Jack Hayford. And, and I'm doing this, and I'm talking, and I'm not paying attention. And I do one of these things on, the, on my, you know, and I backhand this full glass of water, and over it goes... <laughs> Seeing that all this noise, okay, and I'm just, oh, just ashamed, you know. And I, in this moment, you, you get the point, you know. You're just trying to, whatever. And I, I, I tell you this, it was like a split second. Across the table from me, one of the women at the table knocked her water over and made a bigger and louder mess than I did. And then her husband immediately started fussing and fidgeting over her and doing it they completely drew the attention away from my little faux pas and created a bigger one on their part. I didn't realize it at the time. I thought, oh, how fortunate for me. (laughs) 
But when I look back, they never said a word to me. They never would acknowledge this. She did that on purpose. She intentionally made herself look foolish to draw foolish attention away from me. She wanted to encourage me. That was a Holy Spirit moment. I'm certain of it. I'm just certain of it. Gift of encouragement. Okay, so dump the pie on your own lap. That maybe is a gift of encouragement. Um, or, or maybe you say, oh, here, take mine. In fact, let me get you some ice cream to go with it. That's generosity or giving maybe. Or, um, hey, we can get this cleaned up. You do this. I've got a vision for that. That's maybe the gift of leadership, right? Or maybe you're the person that sits there and goes, oh, my heart just broke as I saw it in slow motion going over. I thought, oh, if I could have saved her. That's the gift of mercy and kindness. I mean, I don't know that you can really use the apple pie um, illustration to determine your gifts, but you see the gifts would operate in different ways because God has given gifts to be used in the church to minister to believers into the world. Some of you don't know what your gift is. Or some of you have got your gift kind of stowed away. Okay, second, second place in Scripture that talks about gifts is 1 Corinthians 12. Um, let me read that. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation for this, uh, starting in verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That's the gift of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Word of knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. Are these, hey Terry, are these gifts really relevant? Are they really for today? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to have a Spirit-filled life? Next week, I'm going to go there. Okay, that's what I'm going to tell you. That's where I'm going to go next week. I'm going to camp out on those. Verse, verse 11. It is the one and only Spirit, the Ruach, the Numa, the Paraclete, the wind of God who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So how do you discover your gifts? I'm going to give you a handful of quick... Um, Quick, quick, short reason or ways to, to know that, and we're almost done. Okay, so here's four quick thoughts. How do you discover your gifts? One, study what the Bible says about gifts. The Bible. Uh, we've been in Romans 12 and First uh, Corinthians 12. If there are, I said there was four places. Here's what they are. If you're a note taker, write these down, and you can look at these up. Look these up later. Ephesians chapter four talks about the gifts of the Lord, the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, that's where he describes the fivefold ministry. And in First Peter four, that's another place to look as well. Two, how, how do you discover your gifts? Two, ask God to show you your gifts, then stand back and watch and see what He does. If you're willing to see it. You will see it, and you'll be amazed uh, what happens. And as he shows you those gifts, ask him how he wants you to use them. Don't try the apple pie thing. I think that's not the way to do it. Uh, Three, examine what you enjoy and do it well. I I I think the people that I know that have the gift of serving, it's in their temperament to begin with. They like doing it. It spins their crank. 
it's not very often that I see someone who operates in a spiritual gift that hates. I just haven't seen it. Just haven't seen it. And then four, um, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. When the Holy Spirit starts leading you to do something, step out in it. Have you ever um, had the opportunity to help a baby learn how to walk? Or teach one of your children how to ride a bicycle? You know how good it is on the other side. They don't see it, and it's hard, and it's scary. Put those training wheels back on there, Daddy. I want them off. But the minute they come off and that balance is, is achieved, Katie, bar the door. Wow, speed that's never been possible before. Agility. Yeah, the crashes are bigger, but in between the crashes, it's so cool. <laughs> so when the Holy Spirit starts showing you something, it's not the end of the world if you scrape your knee. The point is that you get in the game. The point is that you start using those gifts. The Holy Spirit will show himself faithful. And by the way, he wouldn't give you the gift if you weren't capable of actually exercising it successfully. The more that you step into those things, the more that you do them, and the more you see the Holy Spirit at work successfully, the more confidence you'll have to step out in faith. You've got to take the first steps. Imagine this. Um, I've got five kids, two by, two by marriage, three by biology, and I love them all. Imagine my five kids. I, I just got off by myself, and I thought, okay, I know each of these kids. I know their temperament. I know their strengths, their weaknesses. I'm going to choose, and I'm going to give each of them a very specially tailored and powerful gift. I'm going to give them a gift, and I know that if they accept the gift and receive the gift, everybody they encounter is going to be blessed because of that. And so I give each one of them a gift. Imagine that. And then imagine that what they do is they look at it and they go, wow, cool, thanks, Dad. And then they hide it away and lock it up and never think about it again. Never think about it. They just move on. They don't use them. They just ignore them something special that their father has given them to make a difference in people's life. That's exactly what Christians all over the world do with their spiritual gifts. Some of you have never even once used your spiritual gift in the church. And I want to encourage you and release you in that. I don't want to condemn anybody. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But I don't mind nudging you a bit and saying that some of us in this room, and I'm not saying it's public, you don't stand necessarily to exercise your gift in, in, in view of all, but I'm saying some of us have never ever stepped out and used a spiritual gift to somehow bless the people around us. And we need to do that because the church is incomplete without your gift. Your gift. I really don't believe that, that the Lord says, well, I need three plants planted, so I'm going to sow 53 seeds. I think the Lord sows 53 seeds, expecting 53 to grow and mature and release fruit. The Lord needs your gift. I need your gift. Lisa needs your gift. Jason needs your gift. We need your gift. We all need each other's gift. Okay. 1 Peter 4, um, verses 10 and 11. 
God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Or serving, or prophecy, or giving, or mercy. Whatever it is that the gift is, use it passionately. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Don't insult the one who's given you the gift by tucking it away. James um, 1, verse 17. I love this because I'm I, 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 I kind of interested in astronomy. But the scripture, James 1, 17, basically says this. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in heaven above. The Father of lights. The one who casts the stars into the sky. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He has plans for you to bless the people around you, to make a difference in his church and in the world. You have the ability to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. I'm going to pray, and then uh, I'm going to ask Eric for you to come and relieve me in my voice box because I'm kind of getting to my limit. I can feel it. But I want to pray over us, church. And um, um, I'm going to tell you something else. Um, as I was preparing to, to, for this series, and particularly for today, I believe the scripture that says, whatsoever things you loose on the earth are loosed in the heavenlies, and what you bind in the heavenlies are loosed. Okay. I know that the leaders who have preceded me in this church believe these things I've been teaching. And so I am not making any statement about the past here. But I know that the Lord has prevailed upon my heart and said, I want you to establish something about the future of this church that has to do with the release of the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and I believe the Lord wants them released here. Now, I promise you this. We will keep this place decently and in order. We will follow what Scripture says about the operation and the use of the gifts. We're not going to turn weird. It's not going to get scary. This will always be a place that you will feel proud to bring unsaved friends here. You will know that the people, when they come here, they will be loved upon and there will be authentic truth shared and that we'll worship in, in spirit and in truth. Um, so I don't want you weird, weirded out or scared about this, but I, but I wanted to, I want you to know that part of this was more than a message for today. Part of this was a proclamation and an establishing of what we as a church family will be. And that is a group of people who, because it says this in the word of God about spiritual gifts, we will live it and believe it. And as a pastor, as a brother, as a friend, as a guy you know in your church, I am going to encourage you at every level I can to step out when I see the Spirit stirring in your life. And I hope you do it to each other. I hope you do it to each other because we need each other and once we're doing it here, it'll be the natural thing to be going on at work. And believe me, when it goes on at work or at school, it will be profoundly powerful. It will be profoundly powerful. And broken people in a broken world need you. And they need the Lord. And they need this. Let's pray. God, um, first thing I want to do is thank you for the fact that your plan was to give your children gifts. Thanks, God, for doing that. Some of us here um, know what our gifts are, but we've shelved them, Lord. Forgive us for that and help us to get them out, polish them up, and use them. 
forgive us for that choice, Lord, but we just need now for you to help us with that. And there are people here who who don't really know what their gifts are, Lord. I just ask you to show us what our gifts are and then begin to help us build our faith. And I just want to pray, too, for another group of people who are listening to this and would say, ah, wow, I'd like some gifts, but I don't really have a relationship with this Father of Lights. Who's the Father of Lights? Here's what I would say as Christians are praying with your eyes closed. Scripture says that that all people fall short of the glory of God. Everybody falls short of the glory of God. The problem with that is that if you fall short of the glory of God, you don't get heaven. But the scripture, just a couple passages later, says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. We all fall short, but God has a gift for you, and that's eternal life. If you don't know the Father of lights, I encourage you right this moment to say, okay, I want to receive first the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, and then secondly, we'll fuss over these spiritual gifts. Open your heart to the Lord, I say, and I pray. Here's how you do that. You make that decision, and then you tell somebody. The word says if you believe in your heart and you confess, just share with someone that you've opened your heart to the Lord. God, I pray right now as anyone listening, everyone listening um, to these words who has never received the gift of eternal life would recognize their need for you because all fall short and yet you give this gift. And it's not based on church attendance or giving money or doing any exercises or calisthenics or any of that. It's based upon what you've already accomplished. I pray, Lord, for those hearts to be drawn into the fold right now, that, God, you would give them time and opportunity to share with somebody today that they open their heart to you. And, Lord, concerning these gifts, God, we pray for the release of the supernatural here in this place, in our lives. We pray, Lord, for faith. We pray, Lord, for the ability, the gift to do miracles. We pray, Lord, for prophecy. We pray, Lord, for the gifts of healings. We pray, Lord, asking for discernment and wisdom. and We pray, God, asking for the Holy Spirit because the Word says the Holy Spirit gives the gifts as He wills. So we ask now, God, for for everything that we would bring to the table that, that fetter this, everything that we would do that would hamper this or slow it down, we pray, God, for you to show those things to us so we can sweep them out of the way. We don't want anything between us and you in the pipeline, Lord. And we ask now for the release of the gift as the Spirit wills. In the name of Jesus, amen.